You have just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome everybody to another episode. I am so excited to be with you once again. And we are still in the series Gold, where our goal, G-O-A-L, is to allow God to purify us like gold, G-O-L-D. And the title of the episode today is Run to the Father. Run to the Father because sometimes, sometimes we be tired, y'all. We be tired, we're overwhelmed. And when I say we, I mean all of us. All of us as a collective. There are moments when I'm just like, there's a lot. There's a lot, Jesus. Like, I'm tired. I've been serving you. I've been trying to be obedient. COVID just tripping. It's just like, I'm tired. I'm over at my work. Or I don't have work no more. Or just, I don't know. It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. I'm trying to stay faithful in these streets and I'm tired. I'm just, (laughs) what do you do? Today we're going to talk about it. What do you do when you're overwhelmed and you're tired? And as you can guess from the title, you run to the father. A part of being purified like gold to be more like Christ is to be honest about our emotions. And Christ was honest with his emotions when he said, if this cup can be taken away from me, take this cup, you know, and so it's about running to God when we're just tired and overwhelmed and just stressed out. This title came to me when I think it was, it was a few, at this time, I think it's a few months ago, that I was feeling really overwhelmed because around, I think, May of this year, March of this year, when the island that we're on, well, the Bahamas in general, started to shut down. Most countries in the Western started to shut down around March. And so around that time is when I started to get confirmations about some things that God wanted to do in my life. And one of the things that God wanted me to start saying out loud was prophetically that he does have marriage for me. And so when I started doing the lives before we began officially the Royal Access podcast, there was times when I would speak and I would feel like God is saying, you know, I want you to say it. I want you to, you know, prophesy it and allow others to hear your faith and the promises that I have made for you. And so I started doing that, I think like May, I want to say like early May, late April. And so I'm like, yes, Lord, I I believe it. I receive it. I'm going to say it. And, you know, I receive it. So about July, July, I'm like, okay, Jesus, (laughs) there are no signs, no signs of what you told me to speak. And, you know, I just got in my feelings one day and I was just like stressed out. I was anxious. I was like, okay, so is this it? It was just overwhelmed because I had never operated in the prophetic of speaking things before they were and even if I did it's like in your journal like yes God will do this for me and me and my prayer journal knows like nobody else may tell my mom but that's about it but you have me on platforms you know saying that you have this for me and so I'm like two months in and I'm like yeah Jesus where it is where it at I'm anxious I'm overwhelmed like this is a lot you you told me to say it out there now it's like two months and you're not and God's like I know God sometimes is like in heaven And just really looking at his children like, really, really, really two months, two months, really, Corel, really. And so it reminded me of this 
you know, quote that they used to have going around where it said, Joseph waited for 13 years. Abraham waited 25 years. Moses waited 40 years. Jesus waited 30 years. If God is making you wait, you're in good company. God's like, I'll be giving, I'll be giving these saints prophetic words like years, years before they see the promise come to pass. Two months, two months. And you are just like, I'm like stressed out, like straight up stressed out. Like I had to literally put my phone down, drive to the beach and just go on a walk for like two or three hours and just like have a talk with Jesus. Like I literally like, we need to talk. Like we need to talk. Like why you have me out here in these streets prophesying and declaring and two months in, I'm just straight up not seeing nothing that you had me out there saying he's like two months, two months, sis, two months, sis. I'm gonna need you to bring that down. Bring it, bring it down. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before me. And I was just like, yes, Lord, you're a timeline because we want God's will, but we don't always want God's way. <laughs> we don't always want his timing. And God was just like, I just need you to calm down. But one of the things that I learned during that experience is you're human. We're human. We're going to get overwhelmed. We're going to be anxious. We're going to be depressed. We're going to go through those various emotions that we tend to go through. But I think my response to being overwhelmed and my response to being anxious and my response to to feeling a little out of it was the correct response. And that's what I want to encourage you in today, that our response should always be to run to the Father. Not run to run into a relationship so I could prove to everybody, like, yeah, I was right. And God's like, that is not where you going. I did not send you in there. Come, 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 child, come. Did not send you over there at all. You know, make sure it's me. Check the fruit before you run or running to to vent or running to, you know, I must have heard wrong. It's been two months. You know, I was just like, I just need you to, to wait, to trust me and run to the father and put all of those anxieties on God because he knows he knows our heart. He knows it before we even come to him. But there's that intimacy or that relationship of knowing, like, I'm so glad that you know that I'm the person you can come to, that I'm the one that's going to give you peace. Um, for the journey. And so the story that I wanted to, to to reflect on today as I talk about running to the Father is the story with Mary and Martha. And when Jesus was on his journey, he was invited into the home of Martha and Mary. And when he came in, it's, it's a very short story in the Bible. When he came in, Martha was preparing all of the things to be hospitable for Jesus and his disciples and making sure that everything was good for everybody and just, you know, fixing the house and getting things ready and just preparing. And Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet. She was just like listening to Jesus, gleaning the wisdom, learning from Jesus. And Martha was like, I'm sorry, what were you doing? <laughs> like we are the women of the house and women in these days, we prepare, we, we get things ready. We make sure the house is, is ready and you're just you're just sitting there trying to learn. Like, what are you doing? Jesus, what is she doing? You should tell her to come and help me. And Jesus says, mm, I'm not telling her to come and help you. In fact, she has made the better decision. You know, you're distracted by these things. Woo, Jesus be coming for you. He was like, no, you're distracted. You know, she is doing the better thing. And so when I reflected on that, I want you to evaluate. Are you Martha? Are you Mary or are you both? Are you Martha? Are you Mary? Are you both? And we can see from the end of the story that we all want to be Mary. I do feel like there are seasons to be Martha's and Mary, but we want to be Mary. 
in this season because God said that Mary chose the better path. And so there's just three quick questions I want you to ask yourself when you're reflecting on, am I Martha? Am I Mary? Am I both? And the first question I want you to reflect on is, am I living for an audience of one? Am I living for an audience of one? So Martha would have been preparing, and I'm assuming not only for Jesus, probably for his disciples too, because she was trying to make sure everything was ready and so distracted by preparing the meal. And even if it was just for Jesus, it's three people, Mary, Martha, and Jesus there, and she's preparing. And so what's happening is either I'm trying to impress Jesus I'm trying to impress the disciples who he's been walking with. I'm trying to impress somebody if he tells me that I am distracted. If he says that Mary sitting with him is choosing the better path and me trying to get everything ready. And it makes me feel as if Martha is doing it as a way to impress other people. And sometimes that's where we fall. Even with the example that I was giving at the beginning of this episode, God has to say, yeah, I gave you those words to speak out and then you you wait for my timing. You wait for my timing, you wait for when I bring it, even if it's not now, even if it's years from now, you trust and you hold on to the promise because it's not about showing it to the people that it happened, even though you're saying it in faith and so God wants to get the glory from it when he does bring it to pass, but you can't try to bring it to pass. You have to wait for God to bring it to pass. And so when we're trying to live for everyone else to see, see, I'm holy, look at me prepare these things. See, I'm such a good homemaker, let me get these things ready. Oh, see, I'm so great at this particular thing. Don't you see it? Are you doing it? And sometimes we could be doing good things because it's a good thing to prepare a meal. It's a good thing to prepare your house. That's, That's a good thing to do. But sometimes even good things distract us because we're trying to do good to look good in the eyes of others instead of allowing our actions to be reflecting what Christ wants us to do. Proverbs 21 and 2 says, a person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. And so what was happening just there was God was really looking at her heart. He was looking at her heart and saying, Mary is doing the better thing because Martha's heart obviously wasn't about, I really just feel like God is calling me to do this and so I'm doing it for him. Her heart was about how it looked because she's asking Jesus like, you know, you don't see her down there and see me here? You don't, you don't see her? So it's like, I'm not being seen. So you're trying to be seen. So we have to make sure that even if we're doing something that's quote unquote good, are you doing it because you want to be seen? Because it says a person may think their own ways are right. The reason I think my ways are right is because I'm doing a good thing. This is a good thing working at this job. This is a good thing serving in this ministry. This is a good thing helping other people out, giving to people. This is good. Yeah, it's a good thing. But where's your heart when you're doing it? How is your heart? Are you doing it for others? And one of the things that I was thinking about the other day is, you know, in the world of Instagram and social media and so many things, there are a lot of Christian celebrities who have now hired stylists and they are now, you know, they just, they look like celebrities. And it's not just people that have a platform and they're Christian. They're almost like quote unquote Christian celebrities. And so I was saying to myself, that must be so difficult to be in this age where you're looked at as a celebrity, but you're a follower of Christ. Because as a follower of Christ, all of our glory goes to God. 
And so you have to be on this platform where people are tempted to praise you. But every time someone says, oh my God, you're so amazing. Oh my God, you know, this is so great. Oh my God, you look so nice. Oh my, you have to deflect that light that they're trying to give you and move out of that light and pass it to God. And so for somebody who does it in their hometown and, you know, locally, some people may know you, it's only every now and then as someone who's locally doing something on a platform that someone comes and says, oh my God, that's so amazing. But when you are like, how people are like very known because they're, you know, international gospel artists, international um, pastor, an international, you know, whatever, like you're known like on a global level for this particular thing, you are deflecting that light like every second of the day. You are like, no, it's Jesus. No, it's not about me. It's Jesus. Oh my God. I'm like, that must be so hard for them. It's like every minute I have to be like, nope, it's not, no, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Like your heart, you have to constantly check your heart because you're always doing good things, but I always have to live for an audience of one. I always have to make sure that it's not about the people. And when I see different, and you know, this is not to, to, to gossip so I'm not gonna like call names or say scenarios but I've seen scenarios over the last few months of Christian celebrities getting themselves in situations whether it's rumors about what these situations they are in or it's actual factual things that they're in and they've had to come out and apologize for it it's it's so it's so crazy to know that you know as a human being, we make mistakes. As a human being, we get caught up on things. And because, one, you're a Christian, two, you're on a huge platform, that when you make mistakes, it is for everybody to to look at and everybody will see and everybody's going to judge you and all eyes are on you. And it's like, what are you doing? And it's because every second of every day, as a Christian who's on a platform, who has this global presence of people looking at you, you have to deflect that light every second. Nope, it's Jesus. No, I'm the vessel. No, it's about the Lord. No, but people are constantly praising you. And so you have to, if you ever are in that position where God is let led you to be on a global platform, you have to realize that I have to live for an audience of one. I can't be doing it for the applause of men. I can't be doing it because people may be looking at me. Am I living for an audience of one? And even if we're not, because we're local. So, well, I don't know. You may be a celebrity listening to this. But when we think in our everyday life, if we're not a celebrity, even in the little things that we do, we have to remember that I'm living for an audience of one. I could be doing a good thing. I'm doing charity. That's good. You know, I'm doing this to help other people. It's good, but always make sure your heart is in the right place. Your heart is in the right place. And that's what God was telling me. When I told you to say those words, you were saying it because I told you to say it. The results of the promise and how it comes about ain't none of your business, boo. My timing is my timing. It's not about when you want to allow people to know, are you living for them? It, oh, people are going to say, oh my gosh, he said this and ain't nothing happened yet. Okay. <laughs> Jesus said it was coming. Eh? <laughs> You're not living for nobody else. You're not. You're not. And so when we allow those insecurities to take over and say, oh my gosh, what are people going to say? What are the people going to say? That means that you've come out of the posture of living for an audience of one and you've walked into a posture of trying to please others. And so you have to always ask yourself, am I living for the audience of one? 
And we are human, so you will have those insecurities that creep in. But the minute an insecurity creeps in where you say, oh, what is someone else going to say? Or how is someone going to feel? Or what are people saying about this? And how does the minute you step into that, you've stopped living for the audience of one. And that's how those people on those platforms, I feel we get they get themselves in those situations because it's it's super, super difficult, especially when you're on that higher, higher level. But we all, whether we're on a high level or not, we have to stop. Am I living for an audience of one? Are my insecurities taking over me? Am I worrying about what other people are saying? And if I am, Lord, check my heart. Look at my heart. Am I living for an audience of one? The second question I want you to reflect on is, am I comparing my journey to others? Martha said, Martha said, Mary down there, she praying, she talking to you, and she not helping me. And so therefore, Lord, I'm going to need you to tell her to help me. Like, I mean, Martha didn't even just acknowledge that she wasn't being out. She told, she straight up told, like, you told the Savior, Jesus Christ, you are bold. Lady, you are so bold. She like, Jesus, tell her to help me. But that's what we do. Like, Jesus, what you doing? She like, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. Okay. And so sometimes we were doing so much good. Again, she was doing a good thing. And then we start to believe like I'm better because that's what she was essentially saying. I'm doing the better thing. She needs to help me because I'm doing better than what she's doing. Why do we do that? Why do we compare what we're doing with someone else? The reason why I so love the fact that more and more people understand that having A commitment to the Christian faith is about a personal relationship with God and not religion. It's a personal relationship with God. That is a reminder that I cannot compare my journey to yours. I cannot compare my journey to yours because it's a personal relationship with God. It's a personal relationship with God. And when we have a personal relationship with God, when we're focusing on, I just want to do what God is telling me to do. Because if Martha was just focusing on, let me do what God is telling me to do, she would have never seen that Mary was not helping her. If that was what God was telling her to do in that moment. If she wasn't trying to impress others or impress Jesus or impress whoever, and just like, no, let me do this because this is what God has told me to do, then I wouldn't even notice anybody else. So if you notice that you're comparing yourself to other people, then that means you're probably not focusing on what God told you to do. It's like a ballerina. A ballerina has to get her point. And so she sees that point so she can keep twirling. So if she lose focus from that point, she'll stop twirling and she'll fall or she'll stumble. And so that's what happened with us. If our focus is on Jesus, I'll keep twirling. And so if Martha's focus was on Jesus and Jesus told her to do that, then she could keep spinning. But the minute she got distracted and looked away from the focus, what was Jesus, she stumbled. And so that's how God was able to say, your heart's not in the right place. Jesus told her, your heart's not in the right place because the minute I can notice somebody else, my heart's not in the right place. So if you ever, that's a trigger for you, uh, for us to realize, oh my gosh, this person, how does this person get this opportunity? How does this person get this? How does this person able to do this and I unable to do this? How, how come she get this? How come this happened for her and didn't happen for me? How come this happened for him and didn't happen for me? What happened to me, Lord? I over here serving. What happened to me, Lord? I've been faithful. What happened to me, Lord? You didn't see all these things I do. You're trying to do works and you're taking your eyes off the focus of God. And so when you start to compare, you realize that, oh my gosh, my heart's not in the right place. I'm comparing myself to other people. One of the things that I like to remind myself when I start to compare my journey to someone else is that we're all a part of the body of Christ. And on our body, we have different functions. And so 
my toes can't get upset at my fingers because my fingers don't know how to walk. Why y'all don't know how to walk? Because we're not made for that. Can you eat? Because that's what we are made for. We're made to pick up forks and eat and put it in the mouth. You're made to walk. So don't get upset at me because we're not called for the same thing. Don't watch nothing. Don't look at me. Don't don't watch me. Don't watch me. Don't don't watch what I'm doing. Because I'm not made for that. It's like the knee. The knee is made to bend. So how how is the knee going to get upset at the mouth? You can't bend. You can't help us bend. No, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to eat, to take the food in. Just like how the mouth can't get mad at the, the knee. Why aren't you eating? Because that's not my function. That's not what I have been designed for in the body of Christ. So when we look at our entire body, our body has different functions. And so we can't compare our journey to someone else. In life, we will have struggles. So there are hills and valleys. And so even someone that you admire, that you say, oh my God, it looks like her life is so great and she has such an amazing life and look at her amazing husband and amazing children and this awesome job and these awesome opportunities and platforms she gets put on. And we don't know what her struggle season was like. We all have hills and valleys. So I don't know what her struggle season was like, but I'm comparing my journey to hers. You, you can't handle their struggling season. So why do you want their winning season? Like, nobody is begging for anybody's struggle season. Like, you can't handle a struggle season, nor are you begging for her struggle season or his struggle season. You can't handle his struggle seasons, so don't beg for his struggle season. So don't beg for the winning season. You see the struggle season, and you're like, ooh, I feel bad. I will pray for you. But as soon as that person wins, it's like, oh. Lord, why them? Why not me? Why do they? Why why do I have to go through so much struggle? Why am I putting in so much work? Why am I not seeing any results? You you can't and and our struggle season prepares us for those 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 mountain tops. You have to go through those valleys to appreciate those mountain tops. And God is saying, "Let me take you through these valleys so you can appreciate the mountain tops." So the last one I want to say is am I serving more than I'm sitting? Am I serving more than I'm sitting? Martha said to Jesus, you know, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, she's doing a better thing. She's sitting at my feet. She's gleaning. She's gaining wisdom. Martha was a doer. And I know I can get in the habit of being a doer. I talked about it a lot that I had a transactional relationship with God because I'm trying to do the things so you can see that I'm amazing and you can reward me. And that's what Martha is doing. Look at me preparing the house, preparing the food. Am I not amazing? I'm serving. I'm just, look at me. I'm serving. No, she's sitting. She's gleaning wisdom. As somebody who does a podcast, and right now we're in the 30 days of of prayer, that's a lot of doing. And I have to remind myself, you cannot spend time preparing for podcasts, preparing for prayer time, but not just having personal time with me. You cannot miss out on my personal time with me. It can't just be preparing to go speak, and you're not allowing God to pour into you, Corel. So that's a reminder that God gives me. If you're pouring out, you need to be sitting just as much. It's better to listen, Okay. Listen more than we speak. And that's what Mary was doing. She was listening more than she speaks. Because when we listen more than we speak, our actions will really show that we truly believe in God and truly have a relationship with God. Mary and Martha are also the same Mary and Martha. Some scholars believe Mary and Martha are the same Mary and Martha sisters of Lazarus. And Lazarus is the person that Jesus raised from the dead. And when they sent for Jesus, when Lazarus was sick, 
Jesus did not come right away. And so when they heard that Jesus was on his way, who do you think ran out the house first to, you know, say what to do Jesus? Of course, Martha, because she's just bold. And she like, if you were here, my brother would die, wouldn't have died. But I know that you're here now. And so, you know, there's something that you could do. Sounds good, right? Great words. Great words. So he said, yes, your brother will rise again. She said, yes, I know in the resurrection. Martha, you literally just said that Jesus could bring him back to life. But when he said, I agree, I can, you said, yeah, I know in the resurrection, as if you didn't really believe. So God checks our heart because we can say the right things, do the right things, but where's your heart? Does your heart really believe? It's like he honestly like just called her out two seconds after. She was like, yeah, I know in the resurrection. She's like, oh, I thought you believed. I thought you really believed. So he goes back to the house and then Mary comes. And Mary says, if you were here, my brother would have not died. And so she's acknowledging that Christ has the ability to save her brother. He had the ability. And that's all she said. That's all she said. Jesus saw the pain in her eyes and said, take him to Lazarus. That's it. She didn't say, you know, I still believe that you could do it. She didn't start running on with like, it's going to come in the resurrection like Martha did. No, because Mary was the one who beforehand sat at Jesus' feet and got the wisdom. So she knows, I know you're able to do it. And that's all I'm going to say. Quiet after that, because I've sat at your feet. I've had that intimacy with you. So when we keep doing the things and saying the right things, but not sitting at the feet of Jesus, and that's why we can't compare. Because just because somebody is doing a lot, that doesn't mean that their heart is correct with God. And that's what we need to be focusing on. Not that we're doing so much, but where is my heart? Do I have a personal relationship with God? You may never see someone on a platform, but that does not mean that they do not have a strong, intimate relationship with God where they're listening and gleaning from the wisdom. Mary did not say much. Mary was like, I ain't got a lot to say. If he, if you were here, he would have been alive. Shut down, mouth closed. And he saw the pain in her eyes, took him to Lazarus. Even Jesus cried. It said, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And then Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Come forth, Lazarus. What? Come forth. But she knew. She didn't She didn't say anything else. There was no need to run on with anything. But Martha just was, was kept talking. Even when they went on after he talked to Mary, Martha said it again. Like, you know, not believing. Saying something that allowed you to say, like, you know, I don't believe. Martha said something again that allowed us to realize that Martha still didn't believe. And so you're doing all this work. You having all of this talk, but where's your heart? Do you really, really believe in God? If I really believe in God and I really trust God, then it will show in my actions. And so when our actions reveal that, whew, I'm not living for an audience of one. Whoo, I'm comparing my life with other people. You may be in need of sitting at the feet of Jesus. You may need to take a break from the talking, from the serving. Sometimes we call it spiritual fatigue. You're so busy serving in every ministry or so so busy doing for so many people, even if it's not in ministry of, of working in the church or you're just giving out so much of yourself to others that you have nothing inside of you. There's no wisdom. There's no belief. There's nothing to stand on. When we have a relationship with God and we really have that intimacy and we really... We really have allowed him to fill us with that wisdom. And that's why I said I was overwhelmed in the story I was telling at the beginning. And God was saying, you need to run to me. You need to come to me because you need to be filled up. You need to sit. You need to sit sit at my feet. Because when we really, really believe who God is and who he is in our life, when we really, really believe who he is, we can sit at his feet and really glean from him and trust him. 
Trust him in the seasons when we don't understand. Trust him when the job situation isn't working out and money is going low. I can trust you. I can trust you. I can trust you when I'm waiting on a spouse. I can trust you when I'm waiting on my womb. I can trust you when I'm waiting on an opportunity, when I'm waiting for a certain thing to come into my life that I felt that you have promised to me. I can wait like Abraham. I can wait like Moses. I can wait like Joseph. I can wait like everyone who was called in the Bible because I trust you and I truly believe that God is good. There was a status that was on Facebook the other day where this young lady asked, you know, you know, if someone is single and they're a believer and they still don't have a child and they want to have a child, you know, is it wrong to for them to have a child? And so there were several opinions on the there. And I usually don't get into the Facebook back and forth, but I felt led to to write something. And so what I said was, if the person wants a child and they feel like they're being led by God to adopt because God would not lead you to sin, which is premarital sex. So you, you can't be mean in premarital sex. At the time, I didn't say, you know, artificial insemination or whatever, but that's also an option. So do you feel like God is leading you to do that? Do you feel like God is asking you to adopt? I know God is not leading you to have premarital sex, so that's not even up for debate. But if that person feels that way, they really have to sit with God and say, is this being led by God or is this me? Because when I'm a believer, as a believer, because she said the person is a believer, as a believer, I have decided that God has the authority to be Lord over my life. That means my dreams, my plans, my timelines, my desires are all submitted to him. So even if I really, really want a child, I have to go to him and say, is this desire for me to have this child on my own without being married? Or is this desire from you? And I said, the only person who can answer that is the person because it's a personal relationship with God. I cannot judge if God told you to go for that child or not. But all of us as believers, if the person is a believer, we have to realize that if I really believe God exists, if I really believe God loves me, if I really believe that God wants what's best for me, I no longer make decisions on what I want. So it has to be what God wants. And so that's a heart check. If I say, I believe in God, but let me go run out and do this. Did God tell you to do that? No, I wanted it. I wanted a child. And so I made it happen. That's right. If I want a child, I'm going to make it happen. But God is Lord over your life. So do you really believe that he died on your sin, died for your sins? Do you really believe he was resurrected and that eternity is better than anything on this earth, that we're not living for this earth, but we're living for eternity to spend our eternal life with God? Because if I really believe that God died for my sins, that Jesus knows best, that he's the author and the finisher of my faith, that my life walks in obedience to him, and that even though my timelines, my desires, my dreams, my wishes look different than what I thought they would be. He knows best. I trust him. I trust him. And so I won't make a move. So if he tells me that, yes, I'm leading you to adopt, then I'll adopt. But if he's telling me, nope, I have that desire for a reason. It will happen in due season or it will happen by you being a great godmother. It will happen by you being a great aunt. That's how the desire is going to play out. It's fine. You'll be great. It's going to be an amazing thing. Just rest on it. Or I do have it. You will have a child in your old age. Don't worry about it. Yes, you will be able to run behind that child. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I will give you the strength, the energy to run by that, run behind that child in the old age. Just trust me. Trust me about it. It's going to be great. You're going to live until you're 90. You will see grandkids. It's okay. 
I got it. I know nobody in your family lived till 90, but you will. Just, you don't know my plans. Trust me. You have to trust. But if I'm a believer, I will trust. If I'm sitting at the feet and not doing. See, that happens. Oh, I need to hurry up, go and do this because I've been doing all of these things. People see me doing all these things. So they have to see God bless me in this way. I've done enough for you, Lord. Give me this thing that I want. I've done enough. Give me it. I've done enough. I've been doing, doing, doing. I've been serving, serving, serving. I've been doing so much good, so much good in the earth. Why don't you give it to me? Because you're not in control of your life. And the more you sit like Mary and glean that wisdom, you would know that I have this intimacy with God. I'm running to God. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm being tired from doing, 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 I will learn to be like Mary and I will just sit. I will sit and I will wait. And I think that's how we get out of position of where God is calling us to do because we're spending so much time being Martha, doing what seems good and may be good, but God didn't tell us to do it. If he's calling us in a season to sit, to sit or to sit more than we do, we have to be willing to listen when he says, I need you to sit, glean wisdom, be like Mary. Mary lived for an audience of one. This was the same Mary who just told Jesus, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she was quiet. It's the same Mary who poured out the oil on Jesus' feet before Jesus was about to be crucified. And when people said, why is she wasting all of that oil? People as in Judas, Judas is people. Judas who like money and Judas who greedy. Why is she pouring out all that oil? It's a waste of money. That's a wages. You know how much poor people could have been fed from this oil? Oh, you don't know the cost. You don't know the cost of the oil. You don't, you, you don't know the cost. You don't know the cost of that oil. That brother, my brother was dead and he brought my brother back to life. You don't know my life. You don't know my life. You don't know about this oil. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. You don't know about this intimacy. I didn't have time to be running around. I got wisdom from this man. Wisdom from Jesus Christ. And then he came to our house and he brought my brother back to life. And now, now he's about to go away from us. Oh no, he's worth all this oil and more. You don't know the cause. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know this intimacy. Stay over there, Judas, comparing your life to mine. Go, you go. We have to be like Mary and sit at the feet, glean the wisdom. Mary was the thinker. Martha was the doer. And so there are seasons to do, but there are more, more, more seasons to really sit at the feet and glean the wisdom from God. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, tired, frustrated, tending to compare yourself, feeling like, oh, I need to let the people see that I'm doing something, serving more than you sitting. Then as it's a reminder, like, I need to be like Mary. I need to sit. I need to glean. I need to get that wisdom. And I need to run to God because I'm tired. Truth is, I'm tired. And so I need to run to God. And so if that's you, this is your reminder. Run to the Father. If you're living for more than an audience of one, run to the Father. If you are comparing your life with others, run to the Father. If you're serving more than you're sitting, run to the Father. Be like Mary and run to the Father. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
This is you've been your reminder to run to God as he purifies us like gold. And I just want to remind you to share it. Share it on social media. If you have me on Instagram, Corel Pinder 1908, we are doing 30 days of prayer. And so we have uh, some more days left in September. So make sure to check out the 30 days of prayer in September. And they're going to be on IGTV. So even if you are listening to this years from now, um, you could go back to Corel Pinder 1908 and watch all of them on IGTV. But make sure to check us out. Royal Access, the community on Facebook. Join us there. We have a lot of discussions. We talk a lot. We even do meetups. We're overdue for a meetup, so we definitely have to do that. But thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode with a friend. And until next time, take care and you guys be great. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.